0: it's wonderful everybody is here today and it's it's important because we're doing some baptisms today but i think it's important within our scheme of our series that we've been doing which is the power of the various parts that we find within the acts of the apostles so whether it is the power of evangelism whether it's the power of the church and today we're looking at the power of the holy spirit and then we next week Another big week, we're going to be looking at the power of prayer. But it's so important for us to actually understand the power of the Holy Spirit for our lives, for our church, for the world around us. What does that mean? See, I want to briefly touch on the prophecy that talks about the Holy Spirit coming upon all people as we find it in the book of Joel in the Old Testament. See, Joel is a short book. It's only three chapters long, so it's not too hard to read. Um, but you know, even though it's short, it contains some really deep spiritual messages, powerful spiritual messages. You know, but basically, in a nutshell, Joel is, is, is talking about how the people of God, those who've been following God, had left God's way and a calamity had befallen them and so, Joel was calling for repentance, to turn back to God. And in doing so, then they would have restoration. And then they would have the power of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. So, let's just hear from what, what it says in Joel chapter 2, so verses 12 to 13. It says, This is what the Lord says Turn to me now. So, this is repentance. So, go, turn from the ways you were to to me, to God. Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, tear your heart instead. And I love that phrase. Because so often it was, you know, when people turned back to God, when they were asking for forgiveness back in that time in the Old Testament, what they would do is they'd they'd tear their clothes, they'd put on sackcloths and ashes to show that they were you know, repentant and wanting to turn back to God. But he's saying don't do the outward stuff, don't do the show for everybody, but the place where it matters, inside. Let that be the place where you turn to God, not the outward exterior show for everybody, but the inward one that matters. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, and slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. And I love that, because that is the essence of who we know as God. And God gave us Jesus Christ, not to, not to punish us, but to give us life. Unfailing love through Christ. So Joel says, repent of what you've done. Turn away from the sins, the things that you have taken you from God's Close relationship, not doing what God wants in your life. And then Joel talks about the restoration that follows for repentance. And in this case, it's the restoration of the land and the people. But for us, it's the restoration of ourselves with God. Our relationship is restored. And then he also talks about the prophecy. He gives a prophecy of the Holy Spirit coming, of the Spirit of God coming and pouring out for all the people. And and we find this just a little bit further on in Joel chapter 2. And it's Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 29, it says this. Then after all those things, so the things I've said, which is the the, the repentance and the restoration, after all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon... Notice this. Not a select few, not just the, the chosen ones, but who? But all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions... And in those days I will pour out my Spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Isn't that wonderful? Because that, that actually is a prophecy that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon everybody who believes, who, who repents, asks for God to come back into their lives. That's the pouring out. The Holy Spirit will come upon them. And it's not just for, for the elect few. It's not just... Um, it, it's for everyone. You know, it used to be, thinking back in those times, that, that only the, you know, the, the Jewish people, only those that had claimed the right in faith, not those who were servants or anybody, but those who were upright would be the ones that would, would get the blessing of God. But what Joel is saying is the, pouring, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for everyone, no matter your stand in life, no matter who you are or where you are, God's power through the Holy Spirit is for you if you repent and come back to God this is amazing if we start to think about it because what it basically says is that we need to go, there's there's a kind of three stage process in this, not that if you do this you, you force a hand but this is what happens we need to repent of our sins we will be restored back into a right relationship with God and the Holy Spirit will be poured upon us will come upon you to illustrate this, I want to actually go into the book of the Acts of the Apostles, as we've been focusing on in this series, and 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 I actually want to illustrate how the power of the Holy Spirit that is found in Acts comes upon all believers. Now, so often when people start to do this, they they delve into Acts chapter two, which is the, which is the day of Pentecost and and coming upon the believers. So, you know the, that time when we celebrate. Um, you know, after Easter you know, in the traditional church they'd celebrate Pentecost coming then um, because it falls within the same time frame as it would have happened. But I want us not to focus on that because I don't want us focusing on the, on the believers, those who come at that point in time. I want us to focus on the everybody, that it's for all people because throughout the Acts you will actually find the Holy Spirit coming upon believers um, across the breadth of things, not just in that moment but across the whole breadth. And so we're going to delve into Acts chapter 10. We're going to go a little bit further on. And, and to give you the, an understanding of what, what's so important about here, you've got the Apostle Peter. Um, and he's, he's actually being, uh, he's preaching to some Gentiles, non-Jewish people. And this is actually a really big thing because Peter um, was very much about the Jewish believers. He was very much about the Jerusalem church. He was very much about making sure that the, that the faith remained. Um, and there was kind of almost jewish centric, but he was challenged about this, and it says actually in Acts uh, chapter ten verse fifteen it says, "But the voice again spoke,Do not call anything so, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean and this is actually really important because this is actually a really important major challenge for Peter, and i think it 's actually a major challenge for us because often we come. With preconceived notions about how God is going to work in people's lives, and we go, "Well, God can't, possibly can't work in that person's life because of," and you name what it is. It's like our, our our prejudice we have about how God may work in somebody's life. And you know, Peter had that. We all have these kind of things. We all have prejudices. We we need to be honest about that. But God works. And if God has called something clean, then it is clean, and that's what we need to take on board. And this was a major challenge because you know Peter came from the Jewish family, uh, and, you know, and part of that was the food laws that they had. Uh, and certain foods were acceptable to eat, and others weren't. And they were called clean, and uh, you know, others were called unclean. If they were unclean, you couldn't. Eat them. There were certain people who were clean and other people who were unclean. And you could associate with the clean people, not the unclean. There were certain houses that were clean and other places that were unclean. You could only go to the clean houses and not the unclean. If you wanted to remain pure and, and clean. You know, if you, if you went to an unclean place, you'd have to go through rituals to become clean again. So the fact that Peter is actually doing this is a major, big step. See, Peter's, Peter's been preaching about Jesus. He's been preaching about how Jesus is the Son of God and that you need to come to Jesus. You need to actually come and, 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 and hear the message of salvation about Jesus Christ, that, that he was the Messiah, that he was the chosen one, that he was, he was killed on the cross and he rose again three days later. And it's through that, through the power of Jesus' resurrection, through the, the the bloodshed that he had, that we have forgiveness of sins. It's the, it's the, the sacrifice that Jesus made instead of the ritual sacrifice of animals. It was, it was God's own son that did that for us. So in order to get an understanding of uh, what is happening when Peter's preaching about this and how the... the the um, indwelling of the Holy Spirit coming upon uh, these non-Jewish people is so important and so life-changing for all of the, the church, not only just Peter, I want to kind of set the scene for you. So, In, in chapter 10 of, of Acts, it's a story of C- Cornelius and Peter um, and, and the preaching that comes from that and the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon all of the, the believers there. Now, Cornelius, you know, he had, a, he had a bit of a strange vision. I'm going to kind of give you a really rough over, overview of this. He had a really strange vision. You know, the, the, the actual parts in Acts starts with a, with, a, with a man named Cornelius. He's a Gentile, so he's not, he's not Jewish. Um, he's a Roman, <clears throat> and he's also an officer in the Roman army. So he commands people to, to go and do various things. So, but he's also a really devout man. He's a God-fearing man, and, and, and he gives money to the, the, the Jewish person, he prays, and, and but you need to understand that Cornelius is still an outsider; he's not a member of the the local faith groups. Uh, he's not even a disciple of Jesus at the moment. And in a vision, you know, uh, given to Cornelius, an angel tells Cornelius to to send a man, send for a man named Peter, who's going to be staying with Simon the Tanner in Joppa. So I a play, you know, out on the coast. Um, and when the vision is complete, what, what Cornelius does is, is pretty amazing. He actually does exactly what he's told. It's probably not so amazing for somebody in the military because they're really used to doing that. You know? If an order comes, you go and do it because that's what an order's for. And so he's taken this as an order. He does exactly what it is. He sends people to go and find this person named Peter to come back to him and go and find them in a the house of Simon the Tanner down in Joppa. And they're in different places, they're about, you know, um, 40 kilometres apart, so it's a bit of a trip. At the same time, Peter has a strange vision. And uh, so he's, Peter's up on the roof of, of Simon the Tanner's house and he's praying, and, and he becomes hungry, he wants something to eat, and he has a vision. That a sheep comes down, and all these different animals, with you know um, unclean animals, four and reptiles and birds, you know, they, they were, all of the things that Peter was told he's not allowed to eat. Um, and, and a voice says to him, you know, kill and eat, this is fine to do. And Peter goes, no, 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 I've never touched anything impure, impure, you know, because it would be unclean, I don't want to do that. And three times that happens. You notice each time something happens three times with Peter, you know, it's, it's a correction. Because Peter's really, really famous for denying Jesus three times. He's also famous for the, the, the person who uh, was asked by Jesus, do you love me, three times. It's a confirmation of each time. It's, it's a correction to get Peter to actually understand. And this is what's happening to him. Is a correction of Peter's understanding that you know that it is not unclean for him to go and do what he needs to do. And then Cornelius, at that same time, Cornelius messengers actually arrive at Simon Peter's, Simon the Tanner's house, and, and Peter's there. And the spirit then speaks to Peter and tells him, you know, not to hesitate, but to go with them, these men because they've been sent by me to go and do this. And so he went down, identified himself to these, these men that had come and, and then he actually asks why they had come. He wants to clarify why they come. And they revealed to him that Cornelius had, had sent them in a response to a vision and was commanded by a holy angel to go and get him to come back. So the next day what happens is that um, uh, they head off and, and Peter wisely takes a few people with him so you, you may remember back in um, the first week of this series, we talked about witnesses, and witnesses are so important because they confirm what has happened. And so he takes a couple of, of people with him, and, and then they arrive in Caesarea, and, and they go straight to Cornelius' house, and Cornelius is ready waiting with a whole group of people, wanting to hear what this man is saying. And, and, and Cornelius thinks that Peter is the one that... And so he bows down to him and Peter says, no, 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 not me, I'm an ordinary man. Um, I may bring a message to you, but I'm just an ordinary man. And they have this little uh, backwards and forwards about you know, how God had spoken to them in the, the various visions they had had. And then Peter you know, then needs to be you know, conjoled, almost begged to preach about Jesus, but he does it. He, he preaches to these people. And, he say, and Peter says this. Really important for us to... And then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favouritism. So it's not one people over anybody else. It's not an individual over something, you know, one kind over another. It is no favouritism. God's grace is for everyone. And in every nation, he accepts those who fear him and, and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So even even though the Jewish people were the chosen people, through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, this repentance, restoration, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. The call to come back to God, to focus our lives again in God's, God's realm, to ask Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, Ask forgiveness sins, this is what brings us back. And we'll be restored into a right relationship with our Lord and our Maker. And the power of the Holy Spirit that, that, that Peter had thought was reserved just for the elect few who had experienced at Pentecost comes on to all of those people. And we see this when we, when we read through Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. And it says this. Even as Peter was saying these things, so talking about Jesus Christ, talking the power of Jesus Christ, talking what Christ had done, talking of His death, the resurrection, and the ascension into heaven, talking of all those, even those things, while he's saying all these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And the Jewish believers who came with Peter, and the witnesses that came with Peter, were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. So not just for the elect few, but for everyone. You know, it's breaking open of this. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone object to their being baptised now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So in other words, there's, there's no, nothing, no barrier, nothing to be in the way. This is open for everybody. So he gave orders for them to be baptised in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ. And afterwards Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. I think that's amazing. you know. The power of the Holy Spirit was for all of the people. The power of God is for everyone who repents of their sins, turns to God and will be restored to God and the power of the Holy Spirit will be upon them. So there's a couple of things. A couple of things about the power of the Holy Spirit I just want to unpack for you and, and just leave it with you so that you may know what is the thing that is coming upon you, um, when, you when you ask for God's forgiveness and when you ask for the... That your life may be in tune with God's, and you ask for the Holy Spirit to be upon you. And here's a couple. See, so the Holy Spirit will give you assurance and boldness in your Christian faith. It will give you that assurance that your salvation has been found through Jesus Christ. In, in Romans eight, sixteen it says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are the sons of God. So, in other words, we have become into God's family. Um, and the Holy Spirit will give that assurance and boldness that we can actually claim that for ourselves. What a wonderful thing! That's that's the power of the Holy Spirit working with believers. On that, the Holy Spirit seals the Christian. So, in other words, you know, our salvation is found through Christ. You know, Ephesians chapter one verses thirteen and fourteen says, "Having believed." You are marked in him with a seal. That's the Holy Spirit is upon you, being, is sealing you. That's the promise of the Holy Spirit upon you, who is a deposit, a guarantee for our inheritance. So when you, when, you, when you ask Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit places a seal upon you. It says that you are a believer. You are a follower of Christ. You are saved. You are redeemed. The Holy Spirit does that for you. The Holy Spirit brings fruit in the life of every Christian believer. The power of the Holy Spirit comes into people's lives. And we find this, if we have a look at the, the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, as found in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, and it says this. But the Holy Spirit, so this is when the power of the Holy Spirit is upon a believer, uh, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, a love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. It's, you know, it's really interesting. Let me just tell you a little story, a little side uh, light. Uh, you know, I was out with a, a, a number of people who were not Christians um, and they kept on saying to me, I cannot believe that you are so calm in this situation. If it was me where this had happened to you know, and it was, you know, somebody had um, damaged our car um, who was driving and they're going, if that was my car, I would have blown my stack. And they I can't believe how calm you are. And part of that is because I think it's the Holy Spirit, it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through me to allow that there is love, there is joy, there is peace. There's no point in me getting upset about some of those things. There is patience, there is kindness. It's better to have those things, the power of the Holy Spirit working through me to allow other people to go, hey, actually, and you know what? they go, actually, I want what you have. I want to be able to not be angry like that. I want to be able to have that calm reaction to people. And I think that's amazing because that's the power of the Holy Spirit working through. And it allowed me to open up to them and talk about my faith in Jesus Christ and why I don't react that way. That's the power of the Holy Spirit which allows us to do the next thing which we've heard in week one, we've heard in week two and I want to keep on reiterating this in this week. The Holy Spirit empowers the church, the individuals, each one of us for worldwide witness. Because the Holy Spirit will allow us to witness. It will be our guide, our teacher, our comforter but also the promise of the Holy Spirit will be that we'll be able to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to all of the world. So let's just pray together. Let's just take a moment, and I just want you to hear from God in your lives. So we're just going to have a little time, a little quiet space. That if you feel like that you, you need to have God in your life, that if, if God is, is speaking to you at the moment and you go, yes, I need to have God, I just want you to pray in your heart, in your mind. I just want you to ask that God will come into your lives. I want you to repent of those things that you think that you've done wrong. Just ask for forgiveness from God. So just pray with me. My Lord God, we just pray. We ask that you will You will come powerfully upon our lives. Make known the things that we have done wrong, not so that we feel guilty, but so we can be restored, renewed. The Lord be upon our lives. May the power of the Holy Spirit Fill us, surround us, restore us. So if in this moment you're feeling that God wants you to repent, be restored and believe, pray with me. O Lord, I know that I have not done right by your eyes, but Lord, I ask for your forgiveness for all those things I've done wrong, where I've led my life my way. Lord, restore me into your kingdom. Let me be as a son or daughter of you, O Lord. Help me to live my life completely, wholeheartedly. As a Christian, as a follower of somebody who believes that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Saviour, as the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Lord, we ask this in your name, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen.